We have a shirt designed by Seth Hani. All profits go to the Equal Justice Initiative. Pick one up at flickers.threadless.com. This is Flickers. Thematic explorations of the good, the true, and the beautiful in music. I'm Matt Linder. And I'm Monica Howard. Now, last episode, we heard Crispin Mayfield, Chris Carnotti, and Blake Collier's Resurrection Selections. But on this episode, we're going to hear from Damon Ham and Chris Carnotti as they tackle the obvious choice of the song Resurrection. Then Jeremy Doan going to end our theme with the song, which is another obvious choice, Raise. While Resurrection on the surface seems like it would be a fairly straightforward song, we're going to find that both Damon and Chris come away from the song with more questions than answers. Here's Damon. This one was from uh, the Brighter Wounds album. Again, just the word itself, you know, have me put this one in uh, for this category. Again, it has me thinking about the meaning of Resurrection how he says like it's an impossible dream you realize you're not waking up you know so i was trying to figure out like is the death <laughs> you know what he's talking about here but the impossible dream really stood out Towards the end of the song, he's like, we all hear the roar when the wall, you know, we'll, we'll all hear the roar when the walls hit the ground. You know, I mean, like, when we all die, when Jesus returns, you know, it was just like so many meanings, you know, for me. This one I could pick apart literally all day, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, what, it, what they're trying to tell me here. You know, the music itself was good, but... The lyrics on this one just really had me thinking. The lighter the fiction, the louder the sound. We'll all hear the roar when the walls hit the ground. There's a bit of talking over each other here, but I asked Damon what he thought of the lyric. Is this what the resurrection feels like? Yeah, like deep, you know. I mean, like. You know, I mean, to me, you know, what are you feeling? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? You know, it really just made me want to talk to him, want to jump into his skin to be like, dude, you know, you know, what are you feeling? But I have more questions than answers on this song. That's, that's what I came to with the resurrection. I really had more questions because even when, you know, I'm like reading and so many things, I'm like, I, I got to jot down, I got to write it down. And I do that a lot with songs because I want to feel what the artist is trying to tell me. And I have just, just question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark um, on what he was trying to say here. I definitely going to have to go back and listen to him uh, more with this song and maybe have a glass of wine <laughs> to, to, to figure this one out. But uh, we, we'll, we'll all hear the roar when the, when the wall hits the ground. I mean... You know, that that grabs me.
As we already hinted at, Chris also has questions on what resurrection means in this song and provides a few possible scenarios. And I think that uh, for resurrection, I'm still really puzzled as to what he means by resurrection in resurrection. It sounds weird, but yeah, I don't exactly know what he means when he says, is this what the resurrection feels like? Is this just what the resurrection feels like from the other side? So what is the other side and what is this resurrection that he's talking about? Not exactly sure. couple of options. I think the first option could be, and this is like a stretch, but I think that is this what the resurrection feels like? So resurrection as new life, is this what the resurrection feels like watching like give birth to a child, like a chance at another life through at an, through another person? That is that what he means? Like that he is going to die, but his life is going to live on. So like is this what the resurrection feels like from the other side as if like he's not living? I think another option could be like, is this what the resurrection feels like from the other side, as in like somebody in like a scheme of end times that includes people who are resurrected and who aren't like, is this what it feels like to be just kind of like stuck without resurrection or stuck without that hope? Uh, Just kind of like a, like more of a depressing uh, or like depressing, but realistic lament but i don't think that the mood of the like the mood of the music would match that theory so i'm kind of tossing that one out as like an option but not a good option it's an scheme, but so i do think that if i had to say what he means by resurrection and like the other side i would go with the first option of like giving birth to somebody and then having new life, but not living the new life. It's almost like giving new life. And then I think that there's also this line in resurrection that this, like this repeat line that's um, out of the darker day and into the brighter night, uh, which recurs throughout the album, not just in the song. I think it happens in dream state and in resurrection. And I think that that's, yeah, one of the, main things that tie together the album. into resurrection it's like out of the darker day and into the brighter night gives this idea of hope but also hope that's not conditional but like shaded that it's still night but it's brighter
Okay, so there's a part on resurrection that kind of confused me. And so I asked Damon and Chris if they had any thoughts on what the following lyrics mean. Can we be this ugly and still have a beautiful life? Be a beautiful wife? Because I'm a believer and I'm not a fool. Yes. Oh, see, that right there. That's, oof. So this yeah. is this what Damon came up with. Man, it's that's the thing. Because when I heard that, I was like, okay. You know, can I still be this, you know, perfect person? Can I still be this, you know, beautiful person with with these type of feelings or these type of thoughts? Is that what he's trying to tell me? Can you can you be perfect like that? Or you know, and it's the same feeling that I have in life. It's like, oh, sometimes I have some crazy thoughts, and it's like, is the Lord going to ex- accept me when I'm, you know, thinking like that or having those feelings? But you know, those are again questions. You know, questions of was that his meaning behind those lyrics? Definitely some things to think about. Can we be this ugly? And then here's Chris's interpretation. One of the primary things, primary things that he's wrestling with this, like throughout the creation of the album, um, especially with the political situation in the U.S., that he's just like kind of watch, like not watching it take place, but wrestling with uh, with it as it takes place, being frustrated with it, being frustrated that his son is going to grow up in this time. It's kind of like an open question: Can we be this ugly and still have a beautiful life? In a sense, like, can we harm each other so much and still have a beautiful life? I think it's an open question for him. And then he, like, ends that, because I'm a believer, but I'm not a fool. That he's like, yes, I believe um, in, like, resurrection as new life or in, like, this beauty that, like, a bunch of different religious narratives, but also the Christian narrative has throughout its text. I believe that, but, like... Is it really like? Is it really going to happen, or like, in what way is it going to happen? Because I'm a believer, but I'm not a fool. I believe that there is beauty on the other side of chaos, but there's definitely still chaos. <laughs> I'm not a fool, so I think that the, that this lyric does, especially this chorus too, leaves it very open ended in terms of this the struggle that he's going through of believing that there is good on the other side or that like good can triumph over evil. It's going to take some time and I don't know if it's actually going to happen or I don't know how it will happen exactly. I don't know what to do with that in-between line, be a beautiful wife other than tie it to like a Christian narrative of the Christian church being portrayed as a bride of Christ. Interpreting that like through that lens can we be this ugly and still have a beautiful life, be a beautiful wife, I think is an honest question that uh, especially American Christians should be asking themselves as uh, so many Christians uh, have been supporting Donald Trump throughout the U.S. I don't know. I think that, yeah, obviously there's several options to go with that. Like, are they really Christian? There's so many different, yeah, there are different ways to go with that. Or just like the Attorney General Jeff Sessions using Romans 13 to justify the separation of families from their children. 
illegal entry into the United States is a crime. It should be, it must be, if you're going to have a legal system and have any limits whatsoever. Persons who violate the law of our nation are subject to prosecution. If you violate the law, you subject yourself to prosecution. And I would cite you to the Apostle Paul and his clear and wise command in Romans uh, 13 to obey the laws of the government because God has ordained, ordained the government for his purposes. Or I personally don't want to say we when I'm talking about Jeff Sessions and myself, but let's suppose that we are of the same confession. We at least label our, we at least probably label ourselves both as Christian. So supposing that that label is true, both of Jeff Sessions and myself, and we're both suspect here, both Jeff Sessions and myself are suspect Christians. Supposing that we are both in this we, uh, can we be this ugly and still have a beautiful life, be a beautiful wife? I think that that's a damn hard question to answer. Like, can Christians in the U.S. be this ugly and still have a beautiful life and still be a beautiful wife? I think that that should be posed as a question, not as a statement. Because, I mean, I'm a believer, but I'm not a fool. It's pretty ugly right now. It has been ugly for a long time. Can we be this ugly and still have a beautiful life? Be a beautiful wife. Because I'm a believer, but I'm not a fool. But what's insane is that Chris is so spot on with his analysis that my mind was blown. Like, I was like, how, how did you get this? Can we be this ugly and still Here's an interview of Sunlux with Face Culture where Ryan is explaining what those lines mean um, to him. That, that song can, you know, I, you can view many of these songs um, especially on this record, I think, as having one meaning or the opposite of that meaning. Um, I think this, this song is, one of, is an example of, of one of those songs on the record where there's sort of an inherent duality to its meaning. And depending on your perspective, um, it could mean um, entirely opposite things. For me personally, and my viewpoint on the song is only just my viewpoint, um, the music exists beyond me, of course, um, is um, I was meditating on the, um, the, the, the great irony of um, uh, the support that our uh, so-called president um, enjoys among um, white Christians, um, evangelical Christians in uh, our country. And um, that line, that line is, I think, more, is a pretty explicit reference to that. Um, the beautiful wife line is uh, a reference to a concept um, in Christendom um, that is f from biblical text about um, the church being um, 
the, the bride of Christ. Um, and uh, so it seemed like, you know, essentially I'm asking, can we, can we be this ugly and still be a beautiful wife? Wow. So those lines fall right in line with what Chris was assuming the text was about. Uh, a, a rarity on this podcast to have a confirmation of an interpretation like that. But let's round out resurrection with another obvious choice. Raise. Take it away, Jeremy. Again, an obvious choice for me. This was probably their first song that I started listening to over and over again. And it's just, it's all the elements. It's the, the, the very simple, direct lyrics of raise a living thing from nothing. Then I will know for myself who you are. Clothe and skin a pile of dry bones. Then I will know for myself who you are. verse four or five or whatever verse it is where then he starts laying the the lyrics over one another and just kind of at the same time and and i mean this is another one that we could go back towards liturgy too because it's the same thing over and over transforms and just expands um, from a very simple beginning to just overwhelming everything else towards the end of the song and, and the way the the beat progresses through this song it's it's another one of their unusual beats very almost arrhythmic But the way that progressive and, and everything just overwhelms by the end of the song. And there's that moment after they've had like the fifth verse where every all the different lyrics are kind of laid on top of each other. And he kind of gets quiet and says, we'll know who you are. And it kind of gets quiet for a second. And he does that like little distort with his voice. And...
kind of sounds like a guitar. I don't think it is a guitar, but it like starts with that whatever it is the guitar and then everything else and the rhythm and it just comes pouring in and to me that's that's what resurrect i mean we we have this lectionary this um liturgy where we're, we're looking forward we're asking god to re- to resurrect us and change us and in this song it all happens at that one moment it's kind of like the pause in the anticipation and then it just it just happens we're all the music and transformation and stuff comes bursting onto the 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 track there and very strongly evokes in me that that sense of of change of of metamorphosis uh, uh, of everything that he's talking about of raising and show me and then I will know who you are and it's like just the way the music comes bursting on it's it's undeniable and I think that's what I I think about the resurrection. It is going to be undeniable. It's going to be hard to miss. You're not going to miss what what happens. It's funny. I was talking with my kids a while back about you know how will we know when Jesus comes back or something like I forget exactly how they phrase it, but that's basically they what they were talking about. And I could only you know say I don't have any doubt we're going to miss it. We're not going to be confused about what's happening. It's going to be that moment of Christ's return where we're all given our glorified resurrected bodies. It's it's not going to be something we easily miss. And the way the music just comes so powerfully at that moment, I think evokes that moment that we look forward to. What do you, what do you make of the, the release at the end where it's just vocal and piano? That, that's kind of the calm after the storm if you will it's this massive transformation that's taking place and then it's just peace the only lyrics at that point are then I will know who you are and there's no longer the call for the raise it's just now I know who you are now I have that peace of being transformed and just settling into my um, resurrected life yeah it's that nice moment of peace and calm and tranquility after all of this chaos this this chaotic transformative event and it just goes back down to this nice calm simple um but yeah then it it goes into that nice calm piano music at the end it's just that future of tranquility huh future of tranquility i like that And next week, we'll see how light in Sun Lux's music points us towards that tranquility, even when it is incredibly dim. Now that we've wrapped up Resurrection, we want to hear from you. Tell us what Sun Lux song you choose for Resurrection by calling us at 1916-407-1390 or record an audio message with your phone and email it to flickerspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to include your thoughts on the final episode of our podcast. And don't forget that you can check out the bonus episode for this week right now. And we explore how Ryan wrote all of his second album in the shortest month of the year. Shout out to this episode's contributors, Damon Ham, Chris Carnati, and Jeremy Doan. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And then go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you tell anyone who's a Sun Lux fan and even those who aren't quite yet. This episode was produced and edited by me, Matt Linder. Soraborty and scripting assistance by Armani Peterson. And me, Monica Howard.